Hey, I want you to look at 1 John chapter 4. Uh, we're in 30 days of love. Uh, this is our 30th year as a church, and we're taking each month and doing 30 days of. And so we're in 30 days of love right now. And this is a passage that we've been kind of bouncing off of uh, for the last few weeks. But uh, 1 John 4 verse 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So just to kind of get us all on the same uh, thinking track today, because I really have something that I want to say and that I'm praying that we get a revelation on. But uh, because God is love... In other words, it's not just something that he does, it's who he is. Because he is love, he's put love into all the equations of life. Love is in the fabric of everything that God has woven together. So when we love best, we live best. And, and so no matter what you're involved in, whether if you love your work, it, you're going to do better. <laughs> you know, if you, if you love your family, your family's going to do better. If you, if you love where you live, if you love your friends, if you love yourself, you're going to do better because love is built into all the equations of how life really works the best. So you don't need to know everything because if you love it, you'll eventually discover what you need to know. So we're never more in sync with, with God than when we're actually walking in love, when we're choosing love. Because at the core of God's being, God is love. He's not just the boss, he's not, and he is the boss. He's not just the ruler, the sustainer, the creator. He is all of that, but he is a God that loves. And when we are leaning into uh, a life of love, we are leaning into God. The fact that God loves you, the fact that God loves me is really a starting point, and that's what I really want to kind of spend time on today is that you would work out all the calculations of your life, and you know what it's like to calculate. You're calculating which, <clears throat> what's your next step. You're calculating the clothes you buy. You're calculating the house you live in. You're calculating, can you afford to do this? You're calculating your vacation. You're cal We're all calculating, right? We're all calculating uh, how to make our life the best life it could possibly be, but I just want to bring us to a place where we would start to work out all of the calculations of our life from this launch point, from this benchmark, and recognize that God is love and God loves me. If, if, we, don't, if we don't start there, we're starting from the wrong spot, and we end up with all kinds of weird variations about how life is supposed to work, and even how relationship with God is supposed to work. So we've talked about some ideas about how knowing you are loved breeds confidence. 
When you know that you are loved by God, even though you may not feel the love of, of people around you that you would love to feel, you can still live in confidence in life because God loves you. And when you have that, your perfect love, the Bible says, cast out fear. Fear, this is a fearful world that we live in. And fear has the capacity to lock you up on the inside. When you're afraid of failure, it will lock you up. When you're afraid of what people think, it will lock you up. When you're afraid of commitment, it will lock you up. When you're afraid to try something new, it will lock you up. So what I want to talk about today is this idea that love is our benchmark. Everybody say benchmark. And I was thinking about this idea, and I really want to work this idea for a few minutes because I think it's, it's, a, it's a powerful thought um, that could help us in a lot of ways. Revelation knowledge, which is aha knowledge, which is, oh, I see now, not just something that your head has worked out, but something in your spirit goes, oh, I see, I get it, aha, that's what that means. Revelation knowledge of truth sets a new benchmark for us to calculate from. I was thinking about uh, as a teenager, I'm 15 years old, um, and a summer job I had was I worked with a surveying crew. And which was good to get a tan, um, but, uh, but, but so I was, I was just the, the gopher. I was, you know, I was the carry all the stuff guy. I was just the, the helper on this uh, survey crew. But I remember as, as we worked this surveying situation um, in New Orleans where I grew up, um, we would, if we wanted to figure out where the boundary lines for a property were, we would locate a known benchmark and then start to take our measurements from the known benchmark. If we wanted to work out what the elevation of a property was, we would, we would find a known elevation, we would find a known benchmark, and we'd go, okay, if that is, you know, three feet below sea level, because that's <laughs> how New Orleans is, um, then, then we could go from there and go, okay, this is three feet higher, so this is even with sea level. So we, we would find known benchmarks and then calculate the lines of a property or calculate the elevations that were of a property out of a benchmark. A benchmark, if you look up the definition uh, of it is, it's a benchmark is a point of reference from which measurements may be made. And what I want to say today is that I think sometimes we try to fit God's truth into a reasoning that doesn't have the right benchmarks. Thank you for getting that. Okay. In other words, we bring our previous way of thinking and go, that doesn't make sense to me. When what God says actually makes total sense, but we're used to an old benchmark rather than getting God's benchmark. 
So when, when you get an aha moment and you go, oh, that's it, you get a new benchmark that you can start to work the calculations of your life from that might be different than the benchmark you had before. So I'm here to encourage you today to embrace this benchmark that you are loved by God and it's the best place to start living life from. So, you know, I think about this. Like I stand up here, just like I did this morning, and I've done it for 30 years here, uh, and I'll talk about paying tithe. And I'll talk about how it's in God's word and how the windows of heaven will open over your life and your vats will be filled to overflow. And it's God's, it's the way to honor God with first and best. When you get a revelation of what it is, you go, oh, okay, I get it. Well, I can do that. But if you're, if you're calculating from the wrong benchmark, if you're calculating from, I don't think I can afford to do that, then you're never going to reach a point where you actually start honoring God with tithe. You've got to start thinking about it from a different benchmark. Can you hear what I'm saying? When, when, when you get the aha moment that a right standing with God is a gift that is given to you that has nothing to do with your performance or your behavior, it has to do with a gift that God gives you. Righteousness is a gift that is given to us. When you get the aha, it doesn't mean that you'll go, oh, that means I can do anything I want. The truth is, the aha moment will make you go, oh my gosh, I don't have to perform anymore? What a relief. Next, next week, I'm going to spend the whole month talking about leaning into the goodness of God, and I'm actually very excited for talking about that for the whole month. But when your life starts at the goodness of God, you're going to live a whole different kind of life than I got to work it out. I got to make it happen. I got to grind and toil and strive and sweat. Can you hear what I'm saying? When, when your benchmarks come as aha moments where you go, oh my gosh, I get it now. God loves me. God's for me. God's going to work it all out for my good. When, when that aha moment happens, life changes in so many ways. And so here's, here's one of the benchmarks that I want us to, to get a hold of is this. You, yes, you, are loved by God. <laughs> I, think, I think when we really get it, nobody's going to have to tell us to worship. Nobody's going to have to tell us to live grateful. Nobody's, nobody's, there's nothing that could stand in our way because we know that the greatest one that exists 
is in love with me. So my first idea that I want you to, to jot down is this. I want you to live from the benchmark of love. Live from the benchmark of love. Um, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Paul is actually praying a prayer, uh, and I'm not going to read the whole thing for sake of time, but it, it, this is in the middle of one of Paul's prayers in the book of Ephesians. He says, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know, to, and literally the word means to experientially know, not just know about, but know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. So the prayer that Paul is praying is that, that you and I would be so rooted and so grounded in love that we would start to comprehend the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of the love of Christ that actually surpasses knowledge. So it's one thing to know about the love of God. It's another thing to be totally convinced to the core of the way you live and the way you think and the way you operate in life to be absolutely taken with this idea that you are loved by God. Amen. That a lot of us are afraid to let people know us because we feel like if they really knew, come on, you know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you, talking about me. If they really knew, they might not even like me. But when you get this, that the one who knows you best, who knows more about you than you know about you, he's the one who loves you the most. He's not going to start loving you when you get it together. He's not going to start loving you when you lose the weight. Hello? He's not going to start loving you when you start reading your Bible. He's not going to start loving you when you, when, when this happens or that happens or this goal is achieved or that goal is achieved or when this changes or that changes. When we get rooted when we can start from the benchmark of I am completely, absolutely loved by God, it's unconditional, it's completely unearned, it's completely undeserved. 
I think most of the love that we know about has had some kind of condition on it. Even if our parents were the best people alive, there's still probably a place where you felt like, I got to bring home the right grades. Come on. <laughs> Look, he's sitting right next to his mama and he's saying that. <laughs> I know kids are going to go home today. Look, Pastor Kirk said, I do not have to make good grades. Did you hear him say that? But what I'm saying is, no matter, how, no matter how developed your parents are, your spouse is, your friends are, all of us, even if we've built the case within ourselves, that we realize we think there's some kind of condition that needs to be met or some kind of performance that's expected in order to be embraced, to be loved, to, to be wanted. And I think a lot of people are walking around guarded and afraid and unable to try because of what it might look like if they fail. And all of these things that are circling around in our soul that can keep us from living the abundant life that Jesus wants to give us, it's not that he's holding it back, it's all this stuff. Am I preaching this okay? Yeah. I know you've heard me say this a thousand times, but I'm hoping you hear it for the first time. You're not going to get God to love you more. You can't make him love you less. He, he has, he's already made the decision. And the decision is not just a, well, I guess I ought to love them because they're kind of stupid and they'll never do well anyway. <laughs> Which could be kind of true. But he has decided out of his nature, out of who he is, that he loves you. We, we live from loved, not for love. And I think once you get free of that, where you're not trying to earn love, a lot of stuff gets freed up in your soul. When you know that the God who created everything, the God who owns everything, everything, the God who runs everything, the God who can change history in a moment, that God loves you. It's good news. That God loves me. And this, this starts a whole new benchmark for life. I think a lot of people are fed a lie 
a wrong benchmark if you do this, if you stop doing that, then God's going to love you. But that is not even the way the Bible teaches it. It is the grace of God is, there's a Greek word for it that's translated scandalous. It is scandalous. It is like, in other words, it's beyond human comprehension. It's beyond human capacity to understand that our holy God could love us in spite of overriding all of our weakness and humanity and failing and inconsistency. I would think you'd be shouting by now, but... No, let, me, let me drill down on this a little more because I think it's important. Uh, Ephesians 3.19, he's praying, this is the prayer we just read, he says, we're pr I'm praying that you know, experience, not just know about, experience the love of Christ which surpasses, everybody say surpasses, surpasses knowledge. So the love of Christ surpasses knowledge. Now, knowledge is not a bad thing. But there are some things that surpass knowledge. You, if, if you want to learn how to succeed in life, you're probably going to want to gather some knowledge about what you're doing, and it would be helpful. But what I'm saying to you is that there are things that surpass knowledge, that are greater than, oh, I figured out how to make this work. I figured out how to accomplish this. There's things that you know in your knower that are on a whole different level than things that you know in your head. Hello? Now, I'm not against getting your head smarter. <laughs> I'm not against that. But I'm saying there are things that surpass that. There's things that your spirit knows that your head hasn't caught up with yet. In other words, there are things that your spirit knows that even though I can't figure it out, it becomes the new benchmark that I live my life from. The Bible talks about peace that surpasses understanding. Uh, Philippians 4 verse 6 says, be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't ever worry. Now, I know sometimes, even when I read that, sometimes I go, oh my gosh, now I'm worried that I worried. <laughs> and some of us have more of a tendency to lean into worry. Like, we feel like, if, I, if I'm not worrying, that must show I don't care. <laughs> the, the fact that I'm worried about my kids means I care for them. Come on, mama. 
Don't worry about anything. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses, everybody say surpasses, surpasses all comprehension, will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Oh my gosh. So the Bible says, don't worry about anything at all. I mean, you know, that's not an easy one. It says, pray about it. Process in your prayer closet. And then peace will guard your heart. Peace will guard your mind. If you think you're going to get to peace... By fixing everything, you're never going to get to peace. If you think you're going to get to peace when they start cooperating, look at everybody nudging people like, oh yeah, you're the problem. No, what I'm saying is, Peace, the peace of God is, surpasses comprehension. It, it's a different commodity. You, you can't get there in your head, but you can get there in your spirit. You don't get there by figuring it out. You get there by an aha where God says to you, don't worry, I got this. Don't worry, I'm in charge. Don't worry, I love you. Don't worry, I got goodness stored up for you. Don't worry, surely goodness and loving kindness are going to pursue you all the days of your life. Amen. Don't worry. And can you see that when, when you start operating from that benchmark, you are operating from a whole different place. It's beyond your head. It's beyond your ability. Uh, I love this passage, Proverbs chapter 3. Um, it gives us this incredible idea. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In other words, you bring an understanding with you into a relationship with God that you might have to go, that's the wrong benchmark. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. He's going to make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. 
Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. And look at this. It's going to be healing to your body. It's going to bring refreshment to your bones. There's, there's a love that heaven has for you that's beyond you. I, I want to say it has nothing to do with you, but it has everything to do with you. But it has nothing to do with you earning it or performing for it or somehow getting it all figured out. There's, there's a peace that's beyond you. There's a capability for living life that's beyond you. Um, I just want to invite you today to open up your heart to start to live a life that's rooted and grounded in love. Sometimes it's hard to love. You know anybody in your world that's aggravating? <laughs> I think if we're relying on our human ability to, to love, you can run out of that pretty fast. Right? It's like... I can put up with this, I can put up with that, but I can't deal with this. But there's something incredible about getting the, the big aha moment that me, not, no one else in the room right now, you are singularly loved by God and that's the new benchmark. When I know I'm loved, I can love the unlovely because I'm not expecting anything back. I'm getting my love from a whole different place. I'm not just saying I love you so you'll say, oh, I love you too. That's what I used to do when I was a little kid. I'd tell my mom, mom, I love you just because I wanted to hear her say back, I love you too, babe. I think a lot of us are living that way. But once you know that you are loved by God and that he's got good in store for you, it sets a whole new benchmark to live from. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes and we're just going to pray together for a minute. Father, I am, I'm praying for us. I'm praying for our heart, our soul, our, our spirit, God, our, our sense of value. God, it is built out of your love attached to us. I'm praying for every person in this room, Father, that needs the aha, that needs the Holy Spirit to open up our eyes, open up our hearts, open up our mind. 
open up our spirit to know in a way that's beyond figuring it out that your love is pouring into our lives your love is pouring into our homes our marriages our work our relationship with our kids our friendships we open our lives to that with your head bowed eyes closed maybe you've never just surrendered to this incredible God and you know maybe you've thought it was I need to do better but the truth is it's not about that you'll do better once he gets to work in your soul it's not about you trying to do better so God will embrace you but maybe you've never surrendered to him or maybe you're just here today and you say you know I used to be close to the Lord and I just know in my own heart of hearts I'm not where I want to be where I used to be where I could be where I know I should be and I want to pray with you or maybe you just don't feel the confidence about where you stand with God nobody's looking around every head is bowed every eye is closed you say Pastor Kirk pray I want you to pray with me I I, I want to surrender to this God I, I want my life in his hands uh, I, or I need to come back to him or I want to know for sure I'm right with him if that's you would you lift your hand real high and say that's me I I need Jesus God bless you I, I need the love of God God bless you I need my life in his hands is there anybody else God bless you thanks come on you might even feel like I'm not worthy guess what no one is anybody else let's all pray this prayer together thank you for everyone who lifted your hand across the room let's all say this together Lord Jesus I need you I want you in my world as my Lord I know I've sinned I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness today is a fresh start a brand new beginning as I surrender to your amazing love help me become the person you created me to be amen come on let's thank the Lord Amen.